Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Jordan, how many yards did he have in the first half against the Panthers? 36, I believe. 36 yards of offense and three turnovers. Can't have it, Dwayne Haskins. Can't have it. And then you add in what's going on off the field. Sorry. So Dwayne Haskins finds his way out of Washington. Where will he go next? We don't know. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Series XM, Channel 80, and on all your smart speakers. All you got to do is tell your smart speaker too. Hey, when you do this, play ESPN. <laughs> oh, we're getting grumpy. I just say when you we're lay that up to just just tell people what it needs to do. <laughs> I was just trying to be fun and interactive. Um, wow. I shake Cornette. He's so Jordan. Fun. <laughs> so he's Jordan Cornette, married, and he's. Uh, we've had a really good morning. We're getting along. We're enjoying each other's company. Show me a married couple out there that can exist, coexist, and work <laughs> in a unified front at a high level for four hours, starting at six a.m. In reality, an hour before that, two, two hours, hours before that, because that's when we're up. This is a success story worthy of its <laughs> own pat on the back. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean, we have a lot of married friends. We're a married couple. It's very hard to do, it but is. we're making it work. To function and communicate at a very high level at like 5 a.m. is... Who's not going to fight? It's As a tricky. married couple, who's not going to have a disagreement <laughs> or a tiff in that six-hour window that early in the morning? Yeah, Come on. That's, that's fair. Come on. I think we're doing pretty good we're so far. We're doing a great then. job, man. All right, so uh, I mentioned Dwayne Haskins. He's had a rough go the last couple of days, although very warranted, and he brought it upon himself, but he no longer finds him, himself as part of a franchise in Washington, the team that drafted him. It, it took two years, and he's been out. Him and Ron Rivera have gone back and forth, it seems like, since Ron Rivera got to Washington because he's a no-nonsense no type of coach. The minute he got there, he got rid of all the games in the locker room. He's like, this is not how we're going to conduct business while we're at work. We're not here to play games. We're here to work. And when Dwayne Haskins shows up unprepared and he's not professional and he's doing things on the sidelines that he shouldn't be doing and he's not taking the protocols that are put into place this year, especially um, seriously, then Ron Rivera just simply had enough. And now the Washington football team finds himself one game away from winning the division and going to the postseason without an insurance plan in Dwayne Haskins because you don't know if Alex Smith is going to play. The timing might be odd, but getting rid of what has been a headache and distraction is not. And I think that's what Ron Rivera is about at this point. If Dwayne Haskins had Dwayne Wade-type talent, (laughs) he'd still be on a Washington football team. Okay, well, duh. Well, so that that's part of it. Like, Dwayne Haskins was still in position despite every immature move, every disrespectful move, every spit in the face to his teammates, his coach, and the organization, still had a chance to come out there and play serviceable football versus the Panthers, and he'd probably still be in that uniform. I can't stress this part enough. Dwayne Haskins is an immature young man. He's 23 years old. A lot came at him very fast. Don't feel sorry for him. It's just clear that bringing him back to his hometown to play football for the Washington football team and then be inserted in there to be the savior for the team was a recipe for awful success or for awful failure. A recipe for awful failure. And when a guy like that, who's not ready for that, should have been vetted more properly coming out of college, heading to that franchise. And it sounds like from reports from Diana Rossini that there were those reports that nobody wanted this move except for really or as strongly as Dan Snyder, the owner. We know Dan Snyder's history. So in this position, because it's gone this far south and because he was that bad on the field, it was an easy decision for Coach Rivera. It was easy for him because he now can gain back his locker room and say, hey, look, that's how we're going to do things. It allows him to make a big-time statement. There was the obvious choice. 
And now you're in position to have to go win a football game with a guy who's an XFL star, with a guy who went undrafted in the league in Taylor Heineke, unless Alex Smith is healthy to play. And if he is, who knows what kind of Alex Smith you're going to get. But to me, this was a win in spite of a huge loss for Coach Rivera to say, this is about culture here. Yeah. And so I do hope, because I love a comeback story, I do hope that this 23-year-old Dwayne Haskins can ultimately right this wrong, can find his way back on the very low end of a depth chart, maybe practice squad for a team, prove himself, and maybe one day play football in this league. Because at 23, I do believe it's too early to give up on a young man. Um, but this is his own doing. And in this world, in this country, you got to stare yourself in the mirror in the face and oh, say, yeah. I own this. How can I improve? And I do hope he does. I think Ron Rivera said it best in, he, in that statement that he released yesterday when they announced that Dwayne Haskins was being released. He said it benefits both parties that we go our separate ways. I mean, this is a teaching lesson, no doubt about it. He just can't. He can't be the teacher every single day anymore. He extended an olive branch. He gave him every opportunity he possibly could, literally on a silver Everyone. platter. Up until this last game against the Panthers, a game that he probably forget the playoff implications because I know those are the most important. I'm sure Ron Rivera, for a little bit of bragging rights, wanted to go out and beat his former team that had just what? fired him in the Panthers. And yet still, he's embarrassed in the first half against that game, and they go out and lose the game. And I'm sure he's like, you know. Shay Haskins can't play. He can't. Like, at, he's at not this prepared. Point, you've seen from these other quarterbacks, like Sam Darnold's a prime example to say, well, we've seen some good from Darnold to believe that since Trevor Lawrence isn't in the cards, that maybe you can build around Sam Darnold. It's not the ideal situation, but at least we've seen flashes. Uh, uh, we've seen lightning in a bottle. We've seen flashes of positivity. You didn't get that at any turn from Dwayne Haskins. Not at any turn. Up until this final gifted opportunity to him, you saw utter failure on the field. So it made it an easy decision. There is no, well, he's mature but he's bad at football. It's He's struggling at football, and he's incredibly immature. And those two do not make it in the professional in professional sports, in the National Football League. So it's an uphill climb for him. It was an easy decision for Coach Rivera in Washington. And Washington now has to put that all in the rear view and focus on who's going to be our quarterback and how are we going to beat the Eagles. Because for the culture, getting rid of Dwayne Haskins was huge, but getting to the playoffs is even bigger in terms of momentum and building uh, on year two with Coach Rivera. Can you imagine being on the Washington football team or any team in the NFL for that matter and what they've kind of endured over the last couple of seasons being in this pandemic like the entire world is at this point and having to make sacrifices for yourself and for your family? Like, I am sure, and I don't know for certain, I don't know any of these players on the Washington football team like that, but I'm sure that there are many players on this team who haven't seen family members, haven't traveled, have, have made tremendous sacrifices and then to see see Dwayne Haskins out partying maskless with strippers, I'm sure is like a slap in the face. Like, bro, really? Like, really? I do wonder, and this is giving him the ultimate benefit of the doubt. I do wonder if Dwayne Haskins went somewhere else and somehow was playing behind a a, a Drew Brees, behind a, a Tom Brady, behind an Aaron Rodgers, in an alternate universe where that's where he got drafted to, where he could slowly develop into a professional but also a capable quarterback, understanding the culture within the walls there, if that would have helped him more. But it said he went to his hometown. It wasn't learned behind somebody. Alex Smith has a gruesome injury. A couple months later, he's the quarterback. He's at home, and no matter who Coach Rivera is, because he's a consummate pro, he's a culture builder, he has respect of all his players, despite Rivera's presence, it's too much to overcome that he didn't have the quarterback in front of him like Alex Smith typically would have been, like he was for Mahomes. 
because th- he was battling Alex Smith, his own attrition there. And now it became about Dwayne Haskins starting. It was the perfect storm for a young man who couldn't handle it. And that's on him. There's no excuse. This is on Dwayne Haskins. But I do have to wonder if he went to one of those other spaces, could he have maybe put that, that immaturity aside and been influenced positively by others? I just wonder, but ultimately, he can only blame himself. Well, ask Josh Rosen, because Josh Rosen has been bounced all over, and he has been claimed as an immature quarterback that came into this league too early and couldn't handle the spotlight. And now, Johnny where Manziel? is he? Now, where was Josh Rosen? He's behind Tom Brady. He's in Tampa Bay. So now he gets a chance to really learn from one of the greats. So we'll see if that changes his attitude but at the, all. But most importantly, he got another chance. He now, Josh Rosen, chance. though, did not do anything near what Dwayne Haskins did. But there was talk of immaturity with Josh Rosen. It is talent that's never been recognized or realized in this league, absolutely. Uh, but Josh Rosen, not nearly as egregious of errors as Dwayne Haskins had, but he did find another opportunity. Will Dwayne Haskins and all his recklessness lead to another opportunity? We will see. Okay, so let's hear from Ron Rivera really quick because he was asked before Dwayne Haskins was released, where do you go from here? This is about learning experiences, life experiences, you know, and and and, and I think, you know, a lot of the things that he's gone through, um, and not just this year, but last year as well, you know, um, kind of being put to the side and, 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 you know, kind of being brought along um, and, and then getting his opportunity at the end of the year, um, you know, Sometimes you have to go through some hard knocks. Sometimes you you know you have to reach rock bottom before you can you can dig your way back out of it. Sometimes you know a change helps. Um, but with with Dwayne, it's you know is is you know what have you learned? What are you going to take from these experiences that are going to help you grow and get better? That's the big thing with him, and you know that's the thing I think that hopefully he learns um, from these experiences. Uh, you know because. Uh, hopefully they'll make him stronger and they'll help him. And, and, and when he gets the next opportunity, he, he makes the best of it. Hopefully that will be the case for Dwayne Haskins moving forward. Beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg begins his show. Greeny immediately following Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can. Have the newsmakers you'd expect and interact with you every single day. From Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. Okay, so now the Washington football team has to win on Sunday night against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have already been eliminated, and they find themselves representing the NFC East in the playoffs. They win the division. Should the Washington football team lose, it's whoever wins the game against the Dallas Cowboys and the Giants. They would be the representative of the uh, NFC East. Should the Washington football team lose and the Cowboys and the Giants tie, let's not rule it out because this is very possible this year, then the the Dallas Cowboys would go to the playoffs. They own the tiebreaker. All that to say, let's now bring in Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter. Good morning to you, Todd. So the Cowboys have now won three straight. They find themselves in a position where they could actually win the NFC East and make the playoffs, especially now that the quarterback position for Washington is up in the air. What has been the key to their success over the last couple of weeks? I I think you start with the schedule. And, and, you know, their, their last three games, They've beat teams that are combined 14, 29, and 1 in San Francisco, Cincinnati, and Philadelphia, and that's helped, uh, obviously. But they're, they're, they're finally holding on to the ball. The offense isn't giving it away. Andy Dalton had an interception the other day. was for, for the first time in three games. But they're not just giving teams multiple opportunities. And then the defense and special teams, they've combined for 10 takeaways in the last three games. This is a def- defense that hasn't been able to take the ball away for years, so – 
right when their playoff chances were at less than 1%, according to ESPN's FPI. The Cowboys found a formula to win some games, and the schedule helped them. And here they are with Mike McCarthy potentially winning his uh, final four games in his first season with the Cowboys. And I want to say there, Todd, what would this mean for Coach McCarthy for year one, as tumultuous as it's been, for it to lead to a playoff berth? Well, think about it. Three and nine, there are questions about his job. Uh, will he be back for the second year of a five-year contract? And I don't think Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones never seriously considered any of that. They thought it was ridiculous, to quote Jerry, uh, that, that it would even be brought up. But it shows that, that they've made progress. And you can point to McCarthy's history. In 2006, they finished 8-8. Eight eight. Well, what did they do that, that year? They won their final four games of that season, carried that success he felt, into 2007, they go 13-3 and three and, and get to the NFC title game in his second year. So whatever they, they found here lately, maybe they should have done it a few weeks ago so they, they would have been able to run away with this division in some respects. But um, it would say that he's done a nice job with his team to stay the course, continue to believe, and build, and then carry some optimism into 2021 when – you still have to figure out the Dak Prescott question. That will be the biggest question in the NFL. Okay, speaking of the quarterback position, Andy Dalton seems to have found some rhythm offensively over these last couple of games, and maybe it's been the opposition, but the offense has scored 30 or more points in those three games. What has clicked for Andy Dalton in this offense? They, they found some continuity in the offensive line with a lot of guys that no one knows of. And, and you know, Tyron <laughs> Smith hasn't played since week two, and Leo Collins hasn't played at all, and Zach Martin's been out. Um, with a calf injury the last three games. So they found some continuity, but Dalton has played a lot better. He and Kellen Moore, the, the offensive coordinator, have really uh, thrived together and found what they like together. And you, you look at what they have on the outside with C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and, and Michael Gallup. There's not a lot of teams in the NFL that can match that. And they were able to take advantage of some matchups against Philadelphia. And then Ezekiel Elliott had one of his best games, his second 100-yard game, looks Fry, maybe, is the mm-hmm. way to describe how he looked in that one. And then, you know, for Andy Dalton, this is a big game. You, you start talked about the Cowboys potentially making the playoffs here in Week 17. If the Cowboys win, Washington loses, and they make the playoffs, Andy Dalton gets another million dollars for trading on an incentive. So that, that's quite an incentive for him to to want to play well on, on Sunday uh, before the Washington football team plays Philadelphia Sunday night. Todd, I'm glad you mentioned Kellen Moore. Because, yes, Kellen Moore has a lot on his plate this week to deliver a win and, and see how the dust settles to make the playoffs. But Brian Harson at Boise State took that Auburn job. Now the Boise State head football coaching job is open. Kellen Moore is an absolute legend. He's the, probably the biggest icon in Boise State football history, and he's being looked at for that job. Uh, how realistic is it that he takes over as the head man at Boise State next season? He, when we talked to him yesterday, he, he would only say it's a unique place for him. He loves the place. Um, he wants to go through the process, but his focus uh, is on uh, this week for the Cowboys winning this game and potentially getting the playoffs. Uh, but in some of the other answers, you could tell it was almost a job interview for Boise with how he's answering questions about his coaching philosophy, how he deals with players. Um, it, so it just seems to be a natural fit because of everything you talked about, the legendary status he has there. He won 50 games as a starter. Um, you know, Tyrone Crawford, another Boise State guy, one of the 
five guys or six guys the Cowboys have in the roster from Boise. He said they should have a statue up there for the guy. <laughs> it, it, this is It's interesting to see how he'll respond to this because does he want to get in college football and be that guy and go back to his alma mater where maybe he can only tarnish the legend and not, and burnish, not burnish the legend or stay in the NFL where we've seen young offensive coordinators be all the rage from Sean McVay, uh, Matt LaFleur, uh, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati get head coaching jobs a lot earlier than other people. So this is, and by the way, he's out of contract. So he's kind of played this uh, well for himself, but the Boise state will have a, a strong pull on him if they were to go in that direction. And right now it seems that two plus two equals four in a lot of ways. Really quick before we let you go, Todd, I know you got to run. Um, how healthy is Ezekiel Elliott? We saw him rush for over a hundred yards against the Eagles on Sunday, but is he a hundred percent? 100% I would say no, and I'd fall back on I don't know if anybody is, but right. he said the week off, uh, the, the previous week against San Francisco really helped him. And, you know, here's a guy that had a 31-yard run, got up and celebrated like he it was the first week of the season. So he's definitely feeling better than, than he has probably the last month or so of the season. And the Cowboys are certainly going to need him against a Giants defense that is pretty stingy. So uh, I think he wants to show people he still has something left after getting questioned. Uh, throughout the season with how how difficult it's been for him. No doubt. All right, Todd Archer, thanks so much for the insight. We appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, guys. You too. Happy New Year. See you later. Okay, I know you believe in this Cowboys team. You have, and I don't know what you, what they have shown you week in and week out that has made you consistently Amari believe in Cooper, them. Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Andy Dalton playing good football. Ezekiel Elliott has fun, has fumbled the football far too many times. Ceedee Lamb has had drops, and I get that he's a rookie. You, you just have got done talking about what play. he did versus the Eagles. Ezekiel he, Elliott going for over He had a hundred yards rushing. He's one of the top running backs in the NFL. That's what I expect from Ezekiel Elliott week in and week out. Do you expect that from any of the other running backs that are in the NFC East that are vying for a potential spot in the postseason? No, you expect that because of the talent that Dallas has. If it comes down to expectation, that expectation leads to delivering. That delivers a win. That delivers potentially a postseason berth. You can't say that for anybody else here. There's no expectation for any of these other three teams. Chill out. The you talent, don't come at me. I'm just the talent the lies in Dallas. And if you're going to talk about who you expect to get there, I expect the most talented bunch. That's what I expect. The most talented offense, you mean. That's what you mean. Yeah, but there's also talent on the defense as well. Sure. I have a question. And this is a serious question. It's a bad defense, but there's talent there. There's, it's not a good defense. Terrible the most defense. talent defensively would be with the Washington football team. Anyways. Obviously. So last night, okay, we see Cam Newton score a touchdown. He does his Superman. When we see Ezekiel Elliott make a good... He's eating. He's doing his eating. Feed him. Feed him. At what point, when you're struggling as a team... As a player, do you stop doing those kinds of celebrations? I'm asking. I don't dislike them. I don't mind them. And like, you know, the other day with Juju Smith-Schuster and we were talking about dancing on the logos, like, I think it's so overblown, like making a big deal out of dancing on the logos. I don't mind a good celebration. But I just wonder, like with the eating and the Superman, I'm like, eh, you're really not When it not becomes a distraction, well. that's when you change. When it becomes a distraction. But it's kind of an eye roll, isn't for, it? Yeah, for sure. When I saw, when I saw uh, Cam Newton blow up, the, the cape Superman. to then open up and I Superman like, it, on, man. but it's 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 who he is, and his 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 response will be the same reason why he wears the crazy gaudy outfits. It's who he is, yeah. and you're not going to change and get out of character to who you are. The reason Juju Smith Schuster changed the dancing, it became something his coaches and his teammates had to answer to. 
That was never the case with Cam Newton and the Superman. That hasn't been the case with Ezekiel Elliott being fed. Athletes are creatures of habit. It's what got them to the position they are, a little bit of ego and self-confidence. They're not going to abandon that at this point. You saw what Juju Smith-Schuster did as soon as they won that game. Oh, yeah, and that was fine. He he, he danced with his teammates after the game, and that worked in his favor. They clearly won the game, and everything worked out. So good for Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm just saying, when you're not playing well, and then you finally have that big, long run, or you finally have a touchdown, instead of doing a celebration, aren't you like, that's what we needed, let's refocus? I hear you. I agree with like, you. I agree with you. But uh, the the counter is uh, a devil's advocate. And I know you say always say the devil doesn't need an advocate, but that's just that's who they are. That's what they're going to do. Okay, they're going to they're going to remain in character. That's fine. I'll take it. I just needed to know because sometimes I wonder why you didn't like it from Cam yesterday. I just I felt like it was so. Un- I, I'm a Cam Newton fan. I root for him, but I just felt it was so unnecessary. And the blowing up the cape. I'm like, okay, excessive. It's a heck of a run though to find the end zone on that play. Yes. The only bright spot of the evening. Yes. The Patriots He's, he can run. He can score touchdowns with his legs. Not so much with his arms. Uh, Keyshawn, J. Will and Zubin is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. It is never okay to drive stoned. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. Can one team get a victory in the college football playoff without actually getting a win? That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Paul Feinbaum is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is winding down, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today, and that means we are joined by Paul Feinbaum. Paul Feinbaum. He's the go. host of the Paul Feinbaum <laughs> Show, weekdays 3 to 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. Good morning, Paul, to you. Hope you're doing well. So, Dabo Sweeney yesterday defended his decision to vote Ohio State 11th in his final coaches poll. It's his poll, Shay. It's his poll, as we've heard. What did you make of Dabo's decision to do that and his comments? So it's, it's, it is Dabo Sweeney being Dabo Sweeney. Uh, he, he has become the bad boy, uh, the infant terrible of college football. He just doesn't really care. And what's interesting is you know, he's at the top. He, he acts like uh, he's, a, he's the little kid or the little uh, car that couldn't. Uh, he's won two national championships. He's played for two or three other ones. Uh, and he's always, uh, he's always swinging at the pinata. In this case, I, I'm not sure how wise it is. Uh, he knew when he uh, voted Ohio State 11th in his poll that uh, he was likely to face Ohio State, the team that uh, Clemson beat last year to get to the national championship game. 
But give him credit. He, back, he, he at least backs it up. Now, you know, in, the, in 2020, saying that you shouldn't let a team in with only six wins, even though the Big Ten and the Pac-12 played truncated schedules and the college football playoff committee allowed them in, uh, it seems seem somewhat ridiculous. But, uh, you know, they will play Friday. Uh, there is a lot of bad blood between these two schools. And at least it makes one of the two games interesting Friday afternoon and Friday night. Oh, one of the two games. So, Paul, I'm a Notre Dame grad. We'll get to that one here in a little bit. I respect the foreshadowing there, a little bit of a teaser, but we're going to stay focused for right now on Ohio State and Clemson. Uh, so do you believe that this one will be tightly contested? Because typically what we see history shown us in the CFP semifinal games are, they're not usually intriguing. It's usually just about the final game. Yeah, it, it if history is an indicator, we normally get one good game and one just stinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually Oklahoma or Notre Dame uh, provide uh, the impetus for the terrible game. Uh, I mean, just we're talking about blowouts uh, of epic proportion, 28 or more points oftentimes. You know, last year, uh, the, the Ohio State-Clemson game w- was epic. Uh, Ohio State should have won the game. They had a big lead in the first half, and they just could not uh, hold down Trevor Lawrence in, in the second half. And I see a similar type game. Ohio State uh, is, is a difficult team to analyze because, as Dabo said so eloquently, or maybe not so eloquently yesterday, uh, we haven't really seen a lot of them. You know, they've had a lot of COVID issues, like, like a lot of schools. Uh, they, they limped to the finish line. They needed uh, uh, almost the Supreme Court meeting an emergency session to allow them to even play in the Big Ten championship game when the, when the Michigan game was called off. So, and Justin Fields was banged up in the Big Ten championship game. So he is a little bit of a mystery. He says he's going to be fine. Well, good. We'll find out on on Saturday. Excuse me, on Friday on Friday night. But uh, it's hard to wrap your arms around the Buckeyes and say they're they're a great team when when they really haven't played. When their biggest win is against Indiana. Very true. And and this one, my wife here in Indiana, who's your alum? So we've touched on both here. Paul, you're on fire, my friend. Uh, Brian Kelly has said he doesn't have to prove anything to me or Shea. He doesn't have to prove anything to Keyshawn Johnson, who believes this is going to be a blowout. He doesn't have to prove anything to you, Paul Feinbaum, who believes this is going to be a blowout. Brian Kelly feels like there is nothing to be understood about their program, win or lose in this game. Uh, how do you feel about that sentiment from Coach Brian Kelly? Well, uh, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this kindly, but it, it is remarkable to hear the head football coach at Notre Dame f- forever has been the, the biggest brand in college football to try to downplay a national semifinal. And the reason you know, and everyone knows why he is doing it, is on the biggest stage uh, in the last uh, forever, <laughs> Notre Dame has, has laid eggs, uh, of the, the, enough, enough eggs to fill up a, a, an Easter basket. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really embarrassing when you think about the history of of Notre Dame going back to Rockney and Parsegian and, and so many other great coaches that that that, Ohio, that Notre Dame just simply can't compete in, uh, on this stage. But college football is about getting to the playoff, and Notre Dame has done that very effectively. They just can't seem to navigate the teams once they get there. And, you know, Alabama in 12, that was a BCS National Championship game. They lost by 28, and you know about the last two matchups against Clemson. So, I mean, I, I, th- I don't think there's any expectation – uh, and quite frankly, even if Notre Dame loses by 28 points, it, it is not a lost season. Notre Dame acquitted itself very well this year. They, they are one of the four best teams in the country. But there's a big difference between one and two 
and, and, and 3-4 and everyone else. And I think that will be exposed Friday afternoon and Friday night. Okay, because this Alabama team is so good. So what makes this Alabama team so good compared to the last couple of teams that Nick Saban has brought to the playoff? Well, interestingly, Alabama usually is good because of defense. This defense is, is good, but not great. And it was exposed against Florida and Ole Miss earlier in the season. What makes this team great is the offense. Their offensive line is one of the best Alabama has ever had, which is saying a great deal. But the backfield is historic. We, we, Alabama has three Heisman finalists in the backfield. Uh, Najee Harris, who nobody talks about, but he only had five touchdowns in the SEC championship game. Finished fifth in the Heisman. They've already, they've already acknowledged that he finished fifth. And then you have two other finalists among the top four, the quarterback and the wide receiver. And don't forget, Alabama lost Jason Waddle in the middle of the season, who was the best special teams returner in the entire country. And many pundits said uh, Alabama's chances uh, may have gone down the drain with Waddle. What happened to Vontae Smith just rose up. Uh, you know, in, in incredible fashion. And, and, he, and we really shouldn't have been surprised. I mean, he caught the winning touchdown his freshman year in the national championship game in overtime against Georgia. Uh, he is not an unknown, but uh, he has lived up to the billing and has played, in my opinion, about as well as anyone in the country. Paul, I greatly respect your takes on college football. Uh, I listen to you religiously. I don't love what you're saying here about Notre Dame football, but I get where it's coming from. Uh, I'm of the firm belief that Notre Dame will return to its independence next year. Um, but I do think in the next three, four years, Notre Dame will join a conference. Whether it's the ACC, the Big Ten, it will be somebody. Uh, what is your stance on Notre Dame and its pending independence? It's, it's an exasperating subject, uh, but I will say this. I've, I've spoken this in the offseason and, and even in the season uh, that we, were, we just finished uh, with Brian Kelly and Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director and obviously the coach. And I understand their point, uh, but, but I, I think this season has shown Notre Dame that the conference helped. It helped them very much. And, and, and you know, I, don't, I don't know if the ACC is the right spot, although, as you know, everyone watching and listening knows, Notre Dame already plays uh, in the ACC in every sport, mm-hmm. but football and I believe hockey. So that's the natural fit. I mean, I, I think geographically, it goes without saying, the Big Ten is their best matchup. But I, I think it would do them some good. And I think this, this, this legendary and historic um, desire to be independent is running out of steam because college football is changing. Uh, it's, it's about television contracts. It's, a, it's about getting to the playoffs. And I think Notre Dame uh, is aided by that as opposed to playing a very ambitious independent schedule. And, and Notre Dame plays a, you know, they play Stanford, they play USC, they play, play big schools from all over the country. So they, they, they don't run away from anyone. And, and, and I frankly think this year in the ACC, it was a little bit easier for them. Paul, before we let you go, my wife's rolling her eyes over here because I'm probably beating a dead horse. But I'm just curious. I, I, I'm going to hold Keyshawn to the, to the same thing tomorrow when he comes on and bashes Notre Dame football. Give me a final score of Notre Dame-Alabama as you project it to be. By how many touchdowns does Alabama chill. Hey, win? Chill. Chill okay, Paul, that. how many touchdowns? <laughs> let me think. Uh, 78 to um, – I'm, I'm going to say uh, – I, I, uh, I think it's about a 24-point game. I, I don't see it being much closer. 
And I'm a little concerned about the Alabama defense. Uh, it has not played very well. And the Alabama offense, I'm not making excuses here, lost Dickerson, their, their, their outstanding uh, all-conference center. But, but I, I don't see it really being very close. Uh, I think it's somewhere between three and four touchdowns. With all due respect to your wife, I thought Indiana was fantastic this year. Oh, and now he's going to finish the segment by giving love to Indiana <laughs> football? Paul oh, Feinbaum, man. thanks for the time this Tom morning. Tom for president. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, see, he knows where the bread is buttered in this relationship. All right, oh, Paul, we'll no. see you later. Thanks for the insight. As always, we appreciate it. You know, ESPN Radio has you covered for the bowl game action. Tune in today for the Cheez-It Bowl, followed by the Valero Alamo Bowl, presented by Merrill. Coverage begins at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. We are Shay and Jordan Cornette filling in, and we have one week left in the NFL season. So we which contenders are for real? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Series XM Channel 80, and on all your smart speakers. All you got to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance, and we are Shay and Jordan Cornette here filling in the next couple of days for the guys when they're out getting some much-needed rest. So um, Jay and I like to play this game. Yeah, we sit at home. We play this game all the time. It's called Faux or Faux Real. We don't really. I'm just kidding. But it has got a good little ring to it. I like my faux furs. I like my men for real. You know what I'm saying? Men. My man. She mean one, plural. <laughs> one man. First bucket. You better be one. <laughs> one man. So I'm going to give you a team that's uh, going to the playoffs or in the hunt to go to the playoffs, playoffs. And you're going to tell me if they are faux or faux real. Let's start with the Chiefs. Are you kidding me? No, I'm serious. That's the first team you're going to start with? We'll get to it. They're for real. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Team, teams won 24 of the last 25 games. I mean, the disrespect. James Steele's over there in part of the production team. He's sitting here as a Chiefs fan, and the first team you're going to ask me about if they're faux or faux real. 
Like they're not the reigning champs. Hey, I think the Chiefs are faux real, but I think they are vulnerable. So they're kind of like faux real, but a hint of like, is it real? Or could there maybe be a faulty tag on the You better come the with inside? a better team next. I'm just kidding. So the Chiefs are for real. Uh, Packers, for or f- faux or faux real? Faux real. I talked about disrespecting James and his love for the Chiefs. I think the Packers are going to win a Super Bowl. That's where I'm going to put my money down for my futures play going into this postseason. Aaron Rodgers, the Hall of Famer, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game, is playing at the highest level. He's the MVP of the league. They've got a run game there. I like a little bit of A.J. Dillon, too, with Aaron Jones. The wideouts are healthy. The run defense showed to be a, a stout one, especially against Derrick Henry this past weekend. Or was that Monday night? I, the days all blend together. Sunday night. Sunday night, thank you. Whatever day it was. Their, their, <laughs> corner se- their secondary corner safety combo is as good as any in the league. Uh, I, for real. My winner. This team wins the Super Bowl this year. Uh, my, That's how we are. You're just trying to appeal to my, your father-in-law. My father's driving around listening to you. I'm very happy you're saying this. Me, not, me not so much because uh, the Bears need to beat the Packers to get into the play- playoffs this weekend. Uh, the Packers, yes, we know what Aaron Rodgers can do. We know what Devontae Adams can do. We know that they, at times, can turn on the run game. What I'm impressed with is the fact that their offensive line is playing much better now, which has opened up the run game a little bit and also given Aaron Rodgers as if he needs more time, more time. And then their defense is finally playing consistent ball. So it's a total three-phase game for the Green Bay Packers. Wait, this is incredible. Are you getting an answer? Are they faux or faux real? They're faux real. Let's go to the Bucks. Now this is a little trickier. Bucks, faux or faux real? Faux. Faux. I, I think that defense is vulnerable at times. I think they're, they, they give up the big play. I'm not convinced that Tom Brady can go vertical consistently. I know what he's done last week. I know what he's done at times. I get it. They did it very consistently this past week going vertical. Uh, I just don't think him and Coach Arians are on the same page enough that you need to be to survive and advance all the way through this thing. And we're talking faux or faux real. We're talking about a team that I think can get to the Super Bowl and ultimately win it. I don't think that's the Bucks. I just don't. Faux. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to agree with you. This I went back and forth on because I think at moments they are faux real. I think their quarterback is faux real. I think they have weapons that are faux real. But as an overall package faux, I don't I don't like the play calling. I don't think this is a tandem and a coach and a quarterback that work especially well together, at least not yet. And at times, I think they can be really, really shaky on defense. So I'm going to say as well for the Bucks. Let's go back to the AFC. Let's go Bills. Faux or faux real? Don't you dare <laughs> say faux. Faux real. Definitely faux real. Don't have much of a run game. Don't need it. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. And let's be clear. Josh Allen spreads that thing around the yard. He's an equal opportunity distributor, but his favorite target is the best receiver statistically this year in Stephon Diggs. This defense, good enough. I'm riding solely on Josh Allen's playmaking ability, the chemistry he has with Stephon Diggs. This team can light up a scoreboard. That's what you're going to need to do if you want to usurp the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm looking at this thing as teams that are tailored, tailor-made to beat the Chiefs, and that is Packers and that are the Bills. Those two teams, for real. It's always about beating the Chiefs. What about beating the Bills, okay? The, the Bills, Bills haven't had, won a postseason game I don't in care. over two decades. I don't no, care. it's not about beating the Bills. They are, quote-unquote, peaking at the right time. They are doing everything they can to win football games. That includes their quarterback having really good mechanics, throwing the ball downfield, being accurate. He has open receivers. They have a good offensive line. They've got, re- they've got good, speedy running backs that they don't always need to utilize. Their defense has been in the middle of the pack but getting better every single week. What's part of Bill's football DNA? 
a run game and a strong defense. This year, it's all about Josh Allen and throwing the ball. They're getting back to old school Bills football and they're balancing it out with Josh Allen. I love it. Faux. All I'm going to so say faux, is... Are so faux real, I can't even say it enough. I'm, I'm faux real on them, too. All I'm saying is they haven't won the postseason game. They have to we do that. We did it. I remember my first time. It wasn't nearly as good as it is now. That's all I'm going to say. You got to get over that hump, and then you get really good at it. My first time, awful. Right, Nowadays, no, O'Shea is no, fantastic. We didn't need the word It's hump. fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's go to the Steelers. You're so inappropriate. Let's go to the Steelers. Faux or faux real? Steelers? Steelers. Pausing. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to say faux. Um, I like the Steelers. I think they're a good team. I trust Mike Tomlin. I have seen two good quarters of football in the last 11, 12 quarters of football from the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not enough to just turn it on in the second half against the Colts for me. Have they figured some things out? Maybe. Did they seem like they were clicking then? I don't know what Mike Tomlin said at halftime. Sure. I haven't seen enough from them to consider them to be for real. So give me foe. I know they're already going to the playoffs. I think it is either a first or second round exit, though, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's the thing. The offense was the biggest question for me with the Steelers. And in that second half, Ben Roethlisberger was calling the call the shots, was, was the play caller. And they were able to score a lot of points in that second half, generate, uh, overcome a 17-point deficit to win that game. That offense against the Colts defense, a top-five defense. Foe or foe real? I'm going to get to it. The defense was able to be disruptive, and it's something they haven't been lately without Bud Dupree, their linebacker who's been out with injury. It's not allowed T.J. Watt to wreak the havoc he typically does. The Colts were without two offensive linemen in that game. The defense for the Steelers was able to wreak havoc, and the offense put it together. Can they do that against elite teams, have both parts of their team defense and offense shine together? I just don't know if Ben Roethlisberger can consistently make the right decisions. I feel like he's going to be the one that fails this team. Yes, the Hall of Fame quarterback is going to fail this team. So for that reason, foe. All right, we've got four more and only a minute left, so I'm going to jump around here. Let's go to Seahawks. Foe or foe real? Uh, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. He cooks. They've got a little bit of a run game. The defense has gotten incrementally better. Foe real. Uh, I'm going to say foe. I, I like Russell Wilson. I like the Seahawks. I think they're always a threat when you have him under center. Haven't seen enough, though, against really good teams this year to consider them for real. Last one, the Titans. <laughs> uh, foe. Don't trust the defense. Don't like the defense. Ryan Tannehill regressed big time last week. Derrick Henry can only do so much for you. It needs to be perfect for Tannehill to shine. The run game has to be going. The defense has to be effective. He has to be protected. Too much has to go right. I don't think Tannehill can just go win the games when they have to and grind it out. Foe. I'll leave it right there. Is the biggest threat to the Chiefs crown in the AFC or the NFC? That's next. This is Keyshawn, J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. 
That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.